The following podcast contains spoilers and adult language. We recommend watching the movie beforehand, but hey, that isn't your bag? No worries. You do you. Brought to you by our patrons over at patreon.com slash manatees. If you'd like to support the show, consider becoming a patron. Donations start at just $1 a month, and half of all proceeds after hosting costs will go towards actual manatee habitat preservation, because we like to pay it forward by giving back. Enjoy the show.
Wow. I already hate this movie. <laughs> so, so listen. The Crow, 1994, has an IMDb score of 7.6. Mm -hmm. A Rotten Tomatoes score of 81%, but an audience appreciation score of 90%. Yeah. And get this. Wait, wait, wait. Let me guess. Let me guess. Um, four and a half stars on Amazon? It is four and a half stars on Amazon.com. I was right. Uh, it is directed by Alex Proyas, the guy who directed Dark City shows. Because <laughs> um, it's the same setting. I, Robot, wouldn't have called it. Uh, knowing, wouldn't have called it. And Gods of Egypt, starring, you know, the guy who plays Jamie Lannister and the guy who plays Leonidas, you know, the Egyptian guys, <laughs> <laughs> which I did not see for several reasons that I tried to sort of slip in there. It is starring Brandon Lee, who I haven't seen a single other movie starring, but I like him. But his other movies have titles like Rapid Fire and Legacy of Rage. And I, uh, you know, I just, I, I haven't seen him. Were those like Hong Kong action cinema films? They sound uh, like they would be. Do not know. Because hmm. I haven't seen those. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need to go see some more Brandon Lee films. I like him. I don't know if he is the lead of any of those or anything. Mm -hmm. It's just those other movies he's been in. Hmm. Is also starring Ernie Hudson, aka Winston from the Ghostbusters, yeah. <laughs> as a cop person. He's been in other movies as well. I think he's been in like 300 fucking movies, but I know him as Winston. Yeah. Also featuring a triumphant return of Michael Cut. Wincott to matinee manatees, <laughs> aka Guy of Gisborne. No, no, you mean who? Guy of Gisborne. Gisborne. The, 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 the man who I literally could not understand a single word of in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. I think he's a Highlander in this one? I, maybe? I mean, he dresses like a late 18th century male rider and has a bunch of swords yeah. in his closet. 
And the same hair as the vampires in Interview with the Vampire. Which came out the same year. Oh. I think maybe he thought he was in that one. Maybe. But he's he's very handsome and has the best voice. Mm-hmm. He's just a oh, yeah. uh, guy. Also featuring the triumph for return to Madden and he's a Biling. Oh God! He played Mrs. Wild East in Wild Wild West, and I know her best as the vampire lady from The Breed, <laughs> which I saw when I was a kid, and so I had. I'm not, not a young kid, but I had a huge crush on Bilings, so and I recognize her everywhere. <laughs> She's also in Crank, and I assume several other things. Hmm. And who else is in this there's, movie? There, there is another triumphant return to Matinee Manatees that I don't know if you call it. Oh, shit. Oh, um, shit. The music supervisor was Graham Revel, who did the I music did not. for Tomb Raider. Nice. Yeah. And like 7,000 other movies. I would not have expected that because I thought the movie the music in this one was actually a lot of fun as sort of like a time capsule mm-hmm. and I don't recall anything about the music from Tomb Raider <laughs> except that it was a a gray pace that <laughs> didn't <laughs> need to taste Yeah, so I, I thought that was weird when I I saw that name in the curse. I thought, wait a minute. I know that name, but from where? I had to scroll through his filmography, and there is there are so many goddamn movies in his filmography, and I found Tomb Raider. Oh, that's where. I only know the name from, but this is much better music-wise than Tomb Raider. It's also starring, as another one of the bad guys, Tony Todd, a.k.a. Candyman. (laughs) Who's also, like, he's a bunch of guys Star Trek, and I watch Star Trek, so I recognize him right away. I think he's like Worf's brother, mm-hmm. and he's Jake Sisko when he gets older, uh, and some other role, I think, also. But he's the Candyman. I call him Candyman. I don't know his name in this movie because he's Candyman. The characters in this movie are named things like The Crow, T-Bird, Skank, Tintin, Top Doll, and Fun Boy, so he can be Candyman. 
handyman fits. It's candy, man. I did that? Okay. I know we'll get to this later, but did, like, I was looking through the, the names of these characters. I don't remember most of these names even being mentioned. Like, I don't remember anyone ever calling Michael Wincott Top Dollar. I don't remember Biling Star. Top came up like once an hour into the fucking movie. Biling was always Biling to me. Yeah, I don't even remember them mentioning her name. I don't remember. I'm looking through the cast list here. Shank? I don't remember who that is. Skank. Skank, sorry. Skank. He's, he's the twitchy one that doesn't die. Oh, right, right. Okay, they did mention his name. I remember yeah, that mentioning... mentioned Skank and T-Bird and mm -hmm. Tintin and Funboy. See, I don't remember them mentioning the name Funboy. But that's maybe just me. Or he he was told that Fun Boy hangs out in the bar. Oh, he's never directly addressed as Fun Boy. Okay. And then Tony Todd's character, who I just realized his name's Grange, and I don't remember that name ever being mentioned. It might he's have been. Man. Yeah. But his name in, in the crow is Grange, but I get his candy man. But like Winston's name is Albrecht. Yeah, that Hudson character. Yeah. I they might have mentioned it once or twice, but I forgot. They actually mentioned it a bunch of times. Byling's character's Mike? Mike I think I it's forgot. Micah. Oh, okay. At least according, according to Wikipedia, it's spelled it's Micah, M-Y-C-A. Yeah. I do remember Shelly's name, because it said Shelly every 14 seconds. Mm -hmm. And the same with Eric and uh, the kid. Sarah? Yeah. Yeah, but the kid works. There's only one kid. Yeah. Forget her mom's name. Darla. I have the cast list in front of me. Darla. Yeah. I, I forget the pawn shop owner's name. That was that was Gideon. Gid Gid Gideon. Gideon. Yeah. Oh right, right. Because that was the name was pawn shop. Yeah. I don't remember other detective's name, I don't remember other cop's name, but I don't remember uh, other gang boss's name. But it's all fine, also. Yeah. Like, who cares? It really doesn't matter. They're, they're expendable. Yeah, they all wind up dead anyway. That's yeah. the whole point of the movie. So, a uh, couple... First off, have you seen this movie before? Yes, actually. I saw it, like, ten years ago, maybe? A while ago. 
because I definitely remember watching both this one and its sequel, which I confused the two because I thought that this movie took place during Dia de los Muertos, but turns out that's the sequel, The Crow City of Angels, which takes place on the Day of the Dead. So, that was my bad, but it only took me like 45 minutes to figure that out. But that sounds fun, but I hear it's a very bad movie, am I wrong? I don't remember. I watched them, I think, back to back, and I don't remember. Honestly, I don't really remember anything about either of them from that time, so I can't really comment on it. But I have seen this movie before. Go about you. So, did uh, I? I've seen it like four or five times at this point. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, it, it's one of those old, like not a favorite, but when it's on, I'll leave it on mm. kind of movies. Yeah. Just because it's it, it's also one of those ones where like the plot is very simple and the dialogue isn't one of its strong points, mm-hmm. but the visuals I like a lot. So it's perfect move if I'm doing something else. But it's on because they were playing it on like. Sundays past 8 o'clock or something for a long time back when TV was just channels. Mm-hmm. And if it was on, it was good. Like, okay, we'll have that on while I, you know, read something or play a video game or do another thing. But that's a, it's a good visual up on the big screen with a projector on the wall thing because it always like it's one of those movies where every frame of it looks like a at least half interesting picture yeah whether or not it makes any sense in the plot <laughs> of the movie or not uh, but you, so you know the big, the tragedy thing of this movie, yeah? Yes, about Brandon Lee getting accidentally shot. Yeah. So, for, for people listening, if you don't know, this is Brandon Lee's last movie because he died during it. One of the... I always thought it was during that big scene where he's getting shot up at the crime boss place, but it's actually during one of the flashback scenes which they filmed last. Mm-hmm. So when Eric Draven dies in the movie, Branley dies in real life at yeah. the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, because they had dry-fired the gun to clear it, but still had a piece 
of a different prop round in it that got projected out by the blank. So it wasn't a bullet, but it was like a leftover shrapnel thing. Yeah. And they didn't actually check. They didn't, like, check later on. So when they fired it, they put blanks in it again. And when the guy fired it, the shrapnel went into his gut with almost the force of a bullet. Yeah. Because it was like shrapnel from a, a, a leftover stunt shot from weeks before. Right? Yeah, something like that. Put it back and didn't clean it properly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why you always get union guys on your movies. <laughs> That's, yeah, it's, it's a shame. I mean, I... I did. I actually did like him a lot in this movie, and I haven't seen any other films with him in it. But I would have liked to see other films with him in it after this. Yeah, it's it's it's. Near as I can tell, this is his first like big movie. Yeah, I think this is supposed to be like his breakout role, and he died. There's, there's the tragic shooting death where, where, Pony Boy? No. Fun Boy. Mm-hmm. Accidentally shot him. Not his fault. He, he yeah. Shot him on purpose with a prop gun that he was supposed to shoot him with and had a thing in it and really traumatized the guy and he stopped making movies for a while. Yeah. But also, the the director wanted to make this movie in black and white except for the flashbacks to when Eric was still alive. That would have been pretty cool, I think. Sort of as a, a Sin City looking vibe. Yeah. They, they wound up not doing it. Hmm. And those are the two facts I have about this movie we haven't seen. <laughs> well, I do have one fun fact about this movie. Because, Because uh, I... I was and still sort of am a, a, a pro wrestling fan. And one of the things about this movie is that one oh, of yeah, the... There's, there's one of them, huh? What? Yeah, there is a... There's a the crow-looking ass guy in WWE, right? Yeah. Well, he was, he was he was originally in WCW. He went by the character named Sting, and his Sting. his original character was like a blonde, like crew cut surfer dude. I guess he saw this movie and took 
but can we say inspiration, I guess? Not ripping it off entirely. Just what? borrowed the idea of wholesale. He, he completely ripped the whole thing. Like, he took the face paint. He took the leather jacket. He took the, the sort of not emo, but the just sort of 90s anti-hero gimmick whole cloth from this movie and he turned it into the next 20 years of his career. Did he did he have the same origin story? Did he... No, it, it wasn't like it killed and come back. I mean, maybe... Because if it's a know. direct, direct ass homage, just like, yeah, like, like in that movie. I mean, I, I didn't watch the... Some of that's kind of cool. I didn't watch WCW back in the mid-90s, but maybe... I don't know. Cause, cause in that case it's totally forgivable. It's like, so, uh, what's Nick from like, oh, I got murdered in episode <laughs> 26, you know, wrestling's real, mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> I yeah. came back, and, uh, a, a crow brought me yeah. a minute I'm fucked off. <laughs> so, and then more fun facts about Sting. Like 15 years later, <laughs> uh, when he was in a different company, he ripped another. He ripped off Heath Ledger's Joker character, and. Uh, basically turned himself into that character for a while. In fairness, Heath Ledger's Joker character kind of ripped off the crow. Yeah, he actually did like a lot more. When I saw this movie I thought, oh, that's where Heath Ledger got most of his inspiration. I mean, once it ripped off, it's it's inspired by this movie and Ichi the Killer and, of course, the actual Batman Swords material, a bunch of stuff. Like, it's fun to draw on concepts or mix them. But now, having seen Dark Knight for times, it, it, it's very, uh, there's a couple things, like there's even some back and forth lines that were homaged or lifted. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of, Anthony's still mad you haven't record about yeah, I know. But I did press him on when he called you about it. It turns out he had <laughs> so Yeah, <that's>... exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Bring it, Anthony. 
gonna, I'm gonna mess. He, he said he bumped into a Myra one time and figured that you would just schedule everything. <laughs> yeah, he, he did. That was like seven months ago and there was other shit that was going on in my life at that time. So, now that now that there is less shit going on in my life, I can actually sit down and watch those movies. So I'm gonna I'm gonna send him a message this weekend and say, hey, I'm actually gonna watch the movies, and he'll probably forget what we were talking about. Uh, oh, no, he won't. He's on the top of his mind <laughs> all the time. Well, although he currently doesn't have a phone, so I have to Facebook every that's, that's what I was going to do, actually. I didn't know he had, didn't have a phone, but I was going to send him a Facebook message anyway. So... The Crow. We open on October 30th, which we're informed is Devil's Night. In the nearest I can tell, the tiny model city from The Mask, which <laughs> also came out this year. 1994 is a good ass year for movies. I know Forrest Gump won the Oscar for Best Picture. Okay, peep this. We know about an interview with the vampire. Yeah. Because we watched that movie. Mm-hmm. Also, the year they gave us The Lion King. Oh, shit. Pulp Fiction. Jesus Christ. Forrest Gump. The Shawshank Redemption. Oh my god, what a fucking year. It was a good year for cinema. God damn. And Leon the Professional. I... Which that one I haven't seen. Anthony and I mentioned quite a bit in both Godzilla and the, uh, the Fifth Element <laughs> podcast coming soon. Nice. Leon Clerks. I wasn't as big a fan of that as a lot of people were, but still. Yeah. Ace Ventura Pet Detective, which I am a big fan of. <laughs> that is... The Mask. That is, that is a... Ace Ventura is like a classic of just goofball 90s cinema. Yeah, actually, it, I feel like it's... It's still not obnoxious to me. Because mm-hmm. uh, it fits. It's just a stupid, stupid movie. Yeah. The Mask, which I like a lot. Yeah. Uh, Ed Wood. Oh, yeah. Speed. Miracle on 34th Street. Not the, the first one, the, of course, but the one remix. You know, I've never seen Speed. 
I, I, it's only okay. I don't know if it holds up at this point. Oh, and the Santa Claus. Oh, well, that was 1994? Holy shit. Like, I know they made like eight of those movies, but I didn't know the first one was 1994. I think just three. I think I get mixed up with Elf a lot. Oh, by the way, I did want to mention one thing to you about the, the, the release date of The Crow. Okay. The, if, if you look on the Wikipedias, uh, The Crow actually came out with... Also Street Fighter, Street Fighter came out. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Oh. oh yeah. So um, the crow actually came out on uh, May thirteenth, nineteen ninety four. So it was almost the twenty fifth anniversary of this movie coming out when uh, when oh, we recorded. Well, it's it's probably not gonna come out for another month. Yeah, but still, when I'm recording, I should go ahead and tell tell the people listening home because I also mentioned this in the Fifth Element podcast, but I'm not actually sure which one's gonna be uploaded first because I don't know how spotty manner it's gonna be. That I'm gonna be overseas for the next couple months so if I miss an episode or two it's because I couldn't find strong enough internet to upload them Uh, so we're recording further in advance than we usually do Uh, so apologies if you know I'm missing some reference or if these are off Netflix by the time you get them it's only because I, I wanna I wanna not leave the patrons with no content for an extended period of time but I might miss a month or two just cause I'm gonna be thousands of miles away and I'm not positive what internet's gonna be like there. I imagine it might be good, but I don't know. It'll probably be better, honestly. I just don't know if I'll have access to it. Yeah. That's the, uh, that's the key. But I mean, if, I'm, if I'm sitting in a library or a, uh, a coffee shop or something just uploading podcasts <laughs> German firewalls or you're like that's cool too I don't you know it's fine I, I, hopefully it won't be an issue but 
it might be mostly threatening me away from my editing equipment, so if there's a problem with it, I won't be able to fix it until I get back. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. It's probably fine. Yeah. Okay, but just wanted to do that disclaimer in case, you know, this episode's later, the next one's later, something, so you guys know what's going on. Like, show's not canceled, we're still friends. I am very far away. That's all. You mean more farther away? Yeah. Yeah. Further away in a in a feels much further away because I am reliant on vehicles to get back. Right now I'm far away in a like well if I had two months and a shotgun mm-hmm. I can <laughs> work my way back. <laughs> Not quite sure how that works, but never mind. <laughs> Just in case there's danger. Oh, okay. I can, I can I can strut dustily from town to town, writing wrongs and making my way back. <laughs> uh, if it's not winter. Okay, so we start. You start. Mm-hmm. Movie starts. Right. Edge City from the Mask. <laughs> on October 30th, which we're informed is Devil's Night. Mm-hmm. Which should be a good name for like a death metal band. Devil's Night. Oh, I'm yeah. sure it is. It probably is. Like the entire hot topic chain owes its existence to this movie. I'm sure it's been <laughs> Probably even the uh, what Hangman's Joke or whatever his band name was is probably a real band by now. Probably, yeah. Or was. The entire city's on fucking fire. Yeah. Or a whole bunch of them are anyway. It looks like demolition, man. (laughs) And this kid gives his voiceover describing this kind of vague crow legend which is also just the plot of me like people used to say that sometimes when something fucked up happens, a crow makes a weird superhero that comes back and kills everyone. <laughs> it's a legend or something to that effect. They don't get too into it. No, it's, it's a okay. legend or whatever. And then you can hear a shrug basically <laughs> like uh, like old old fish old graybeards down by the docks 
in small fishing mill just talk about how cruise is to whatever. <laughs> I think this idea was come up with wholesale by the guy who wrote the comic and not like based on like a cool Native American legend or something. Probably I think they would have mentioned it. Yeah. Well, you never know. Yeah. We had a slow pan to a crime scene. Winston from Ghostbusters is standing in the window of Doctor Strange's Sanctum Sanctorum. Chicago style, no Detroit style. So I meant to say, describes how bad things can trap spirits. No, the girl describes how bad things can trap spirits. I don't. It, it, it's weird because right as the narrator is saying that sometimes when really bad things happen, spirits can't move on. And then it just pans up to this innocent-looking double murder-rape arson scene, and I don't get the connection. I don't get why the narrator is telling us about this at this moment. What connection? I didn't fall. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, I know. It's weird. It's subtle, whatever it is. Yeah, I didn't catch, <laughs> catch it. There's 143 goddamn fires the police are saying to each other. Also, check this out. So you think it's double homicide, right? Mm -hmm. Because the police are there and everyone's like, you know, dusting for fingerprints and milling around while police trips up. No, no, no. It's a single homicide and there's a patient there. He's just hanging out of the crime scene and haven't taken him away yet. <laughs> Which, like, listen, I've never been a first responder. I am 99% sure that's not how that shit works. <laughs> now they, I mean... Look, the police have their priorities, and obviously getting a woman to a hospital after she's been brutally beaten and raped is not as important as dusting for fingerprints. So we're thinking this fictional city's in red states. Yes. Yeah, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying is this movie foresaw, foresaw the future. Is all I'm saying. I'm, I'm trying not to talk about real life. <laughs> sorry. This is a fun escapist place. Right, sorry. Um, but Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Okay. Um, so, rape and murder. This movie is fun. <laughs> yeah, it's... 
kind of is. That's the awkward part. <laughs> like, it's... <laughs> like, I wish they hadn't introduced uh, the rape element or the junkie mother element, really, because we're all having a good time. Oh, yeah. I mean, we'll get to more fun in just a little while. So they finally take this woman off to the hospital. Uh, the lead detective objects because he wasn't finished, like, dusting her fucking This girl comes up. Asks where everyone is, and the cop's just like, hey, don't worry about it. <laughs> Even though there's like pieces of the guy behind him. <laughs> woman on the stretcher. Just bleeding out of her mouth. Barely <laughs> conscious. They're trying to use a, you know, trying to keep her alive. The cops is like, hey, she's fine. And he tells the little girl she's gonna be fine, and that that makes that's the sort of life people of all time. Fair enough. Yeah. But then the girl calls <laughs> him out. First, just like. Out. Yeah, it's like, no, the, the, the guy's dead, and uh, she's gonna die, and the guy's like, well, awkward silence. <laughs> As she gets wheeled away. <laughs> this is also the last scene we're gonna see for a while where the city is wet. <laughs> because... Now it's a year later. The girl's hanging out in the graveyard like you do. Of course. Uh, putting flowers on the graves of these two people who died. Apparently, a woman who went to the hospital died soon thereafter. Mm-hmm. Goes hanging out with this hot dog cop. <laughs> Same cop. Yeah. Who's getting hot dogs? It's not a hot dog cop. That'd be a good move. Although he, although he is, he is a hot dog because he is Ernie Hudson. Yeah, he's strong. No, I'm, I'm like you know, he sure is a hot dog. Kinda. I like Ernie Hudson. Yeah, he's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, I have a question for you about this movie. Was was it ever explained what the kid's relation was to Eric and Shelly? I think just neighborhood, um... Were they, were they just were they just like the the protectors or something? Where she just was like 
she heard him playing music one day, I was like, I want to go see who's playing that music. And then she just hung out I think with she's them. just neighborhood ragamuffin who doesn't have a mom. Okay. Well, she has a mom. Or does, but doesn't have a, a present mom. She just hangs out with neighbors. Okay. And I think that that nearest so I can tell from what how they're describing them, like Eric and Shell are just genuinely just swell people who are sort of taking care of everyone. Eric Draven is the Tommy Wiseau of this movie. Have you seen that one yet? No, I haven't seen the movie The Room yet. Okay, well, that reference might make sense to anyone who does. I mean, because I mean, I, I, because in that movie he just sort of takes in some random kid in his neighborhood because he's so swell and has the same haircut. Okay. Okay, as, as I've, heard, I've heard of Tommy Wiseau, and I've heard of The Room, but I haven't seen it yet. I mean, it's... Like, the more I talk about it, the more disappointed you'll be, because it is actually just staggeringly bad. Oh, no, That's I, why it's so famous. I, I, I'm, I'm more than aware of, of its... its it's trashiness, but I do still want to see it at some point so I can really experience the the dumpster fire that is the room. When my sister insisted I should see it, I looked it up and I thought for fully 20 minutes? That I got the wrong movie and was accidentally watching porno parody <laughs> of the room. <laughs> but no. Yeah, I've, I've no, heard that. No, it's the room. I've heard about There's that. <laughs> I was like, shit, is this even the right movie? I don't know what these actors are supposed to look like. <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, I've I've heard about I've heard that about it too. <laughs> uh, it's it's really something. Yeah. This one, on the other hand, I I legitimately enjoy. I think <laughs> this is a good movie, but there is a lot to make fun of, and I'm gonna try <laughs> hitting all of it. <laughs> Meanwhile, four guys are blowing up an arcade. These are the guys with the great names. There's there's T-Bird, Tintin, Fun Boy, and Skank. Yeah. Because it's based on a comic book after all. Was the comic book from like the early 90s or? Late 80s? I don't know. I mean, should do this. Oh, for sure, it's pre 94. Hmm. Oh, 1989. Okay. 
So he's... And I think, I think this was a scene they didn't have time to shoot before Brandon died because he's sort of stumble walking home, but you never see his face. It might be for a dramatic reveal, but I think it's because it's a, it's a body double. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I did read that they, they used a body double for the last few scenes and then also did some CGI stuff to to CGI his face onto his body double uh, for I guess a couple scenes or something this might have been one of them I don't know for sure yeah but also, I, I don't think they were using CGI for breath effects yet, so that guy's legitimately very cold. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, they shot... It looks unpleasant. They shot 97% of this movie at night, so... kind of makes sense. Yeah. No, he's... Well, wet because everything has to be wet so you can see texture on black on black stone mm-hmm. so it's a it's a good looking movie actors look cold though yeah uh, so it makes it all the way back to the sanctum sanctorum <laughs> which I'm just saying because that's how the big picture window looks to me and it's a crime scene again? Or I it's still it, crime I scene it, a year later? I think it never... I think it was just always a crime scene. Like, they didn't... So this is... Yeah. This is the first thing I wonder. Because cause the, the central... The initial murder was because the landlord, the slumlord who owned the place, wanted them out, right? Yeah, but I... Like, Shelly and Eric were helping the residents fight an unjust eviction or something. Yeah. And, but that so was... So they like... weren't gonna tear it down and they weren't going to rent it out to other people and they weren't going to renovate or something. Why? So, um, the apartment that I, the apartment underneath the one that I used to live at, the one that had the tear gas thing, uh, they still haven't done any repairs on it yet. Like, the windows that were broken are still broken. <laughs> so it's like, sometimes the landlords just don't give a shit. So, that's probably why. Well, yeah, but they also usually aren't trying to evict people from a property if there's nothing wrong with it. And if they're not... If they don't have plans for it, you know? True, but I just mean 
my my whole idea was if if an apartment or whatever was the scene of a crime that the landlords don't really feel like they're in much of a rush to fix it up is my idea. I'm not necessarily saying that my landlord was a slumlord, but I'm not not saying it either. They might be. I've lived in slumlords places before, but they're usually the cheapest around and have some character to them. So, to, but to answer your question, I don't know why it's still considered a crime scene. Maybe the police are just so backlogged from last year's Devil's Night fires that they're just now getting around to the murders? Yeah, also I don't know why this cat isn't dead. That was impressive to me. Well, I mean... Or have moved on. I mean, cat, cats are pretty resourceful, right? Maybe? Uh, I don't know. I, I, haven't, I haven't had a cat. Well, I, I think it's... I think it's mostly there are enough random people around who feed stray cats with the misplaced non-intention of decimating local wildlife populations. Mm-hmm. But, um... <laughs> but I think that, that cats would roam, at least. Like, it wouldn't still be in the... It doesn't need a closet to keep all the stuff, you know? Yeah. Ah, it's, it's strange. Okay, it's a crime scene again. Still, again, whatever. And then we get the flashbacks, which are uh, apparently weird, more abstract than intended, because again, they didn't have the, the lead actor for them. Mm-hmm. Which. Which you could also interpret it, and this is what I didn't realize until after I watched the movie, that the reason that he had those flashbacks was because he has the power to absorb the memories of people, and apparently also cats. So, you know, when he petted the cat, and then he got the flashbacks, and maybe, um, I know they probably, for production reasons, made him disjointed because because Brandon Lee had died. But you could think of it that because it was the cat's memories, they were disjointed weird because the cat has different way, a different way of memory. Uh, remembering things that humans do. So maybe he's picking it up from the cat or from the floorboards themselves or something. Yeah. That would be cool. That would be an establishment of the powers that he has later on. I th- 
but I feel like they're also been cleared if they're doing that on purpose. Yeah, I, I don't think they were, but that was at least my interpretation of it after I watched the movie after, because, you know, he he does that later on where he, he grabs someone, you know, by the sides of their heads and he absorbs their memories. And I realized, oh, maybe that's how he got the initial memories was when he pet his cat on the head. But that's just my interpretation of how that worked. So, I don't know. I like your version. Rather than just, he started to have flashbacks because he was at the place where he died. I like your version. I don't think it's the filmmaker's version, but I like your version better. I mean, I'm... That's, that's, what, that's what I'm going with, so. Yeah, so let's do a random stunt out the window. Yeah. To show that his hands can grow back if he cuts them on windows. And then he puts on the makeup. Yeah. And it doesn't really tell us why. Because if I was dead for a year, I wouldn't be worried about someone tracking me down and exposing my secret identity. But... Well, I mean, he's... You know, whatever. I mean, he, he's got to get into character, right? He, he is a musician. And it's never fully established whether or not he was in, like, a, a, um, a black metal band or a band that uses corpse paint, but maybe he was. So you think this is just his performance costume? Yeah, and maybe he was in, like, a, an immortal cover band. The, the one or two people who know anything about black metal are probably squeeing right now. But, yeah. I don't know. Do they also dress like the crew? Uh, yeah, but they did that back in, like, the early 80s. Uh, yeah. Well, fair enough. But anyway... If I came back and I was essentially a zombie, I would just go by the codename Dead Ben. <laughs> and I would go around. <laughs> you'd be like, Who are you? And something clever like, My name's Ben. <laughs> 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 In that exact tone. Yeah. Like, hey, how's it going? My name's Ben. Then my 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 poetic execution of those who wrong me would be shooting all of them. <laughs> 
several times because I miss most of the time. <laughs> and that's... That's my thing, Mr. Just for me stumping around. <laughs> no catchphrase, just like... And that's your catchphrase. You're firing the gun randomly. <laughs> just kind of leaning back away from the <laughs> I'm not getting paid for this. 
this is not a pay advertisement, but it is super comfy. The hoodie. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of a pay endorsement, because if you, if you go to our store and buy our hoodies specifically, yeah, then we get, like, a dollar for each one. <laughs> so buy four. Or four. Mostly I just want people advertising for us. <laughs> More free advertising, which, please. Which I realized after about two months, uh, the words matinee and didn't actually appear anywhere on the hoodies. It was just to stylize <laughs> our logo, which meant nothing. So I changed it. I actually liked how it looked a little bit more before, but now at least it can serve that function. <laughs> I did not even think about that when I bought the hoodie. Like, wait a second. You're right. It was when uh when when TC saw me wearing it, she's like, oh neat, it's a cupcake. She's like, fuck, that's not... <laughs> like, she thought it looked cool, but she also didn't know what it was. I was like, okay, well, good effort. <laughs> Changed up. <laughs> That's what I will be wearing in the Crow 4 City city of Wicked. (laughs) Wicked of. There's City of Angels, Wicked Prayer, Mm -hmm. and the. 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 The revenge, the, 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 the revenge, return of revengeing, d- d- darkness, shadows, <laughs> under, and that could be your character's name. No, fell. <laughs> Shadow. Except dark. Blood. Raven. Crow. That just sounds like a Dungeons and Dragons place. <laughs> Fuck you, Underdark Shadowfell. What are you doing? <laughs> hey man, it was the 80s. Feywild? No, the Feywild's new. Actually, man. No, I, I meant like the Underdark and that sort of thing. It's not like the 80s. It was a while ago. Fair enough. I don't know. I'm going Shadow Dark. <laughs> <laughs> the Crow for Shadow Dark. And then... The cover is a oddly not stylized. Definitely just me sitting in a chair. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
like a piece of scrambled egg hanging out of your mouth. It would have pried the plate of shit bachelor food and just kind of... Definitely watching this like a sports game while there's someone behind you might be dead. Maybe I got them, maybe I haven't yet, but it's a The Crow. I should watch the sequels before I assume they're all shitty. I know one's got Kirsten Dunst, the other one has David Boreanaz. Yeah. So they got vampire people. Yeah, I form. I'm pretty sure I saw the the first sequel. I'm pretty sure I see, uh, saw City of Angels. But I don't remember... I don't think I saw the other ones. But... I think Edward Furlong plays the crow in one of them. I think you're right. I think that was the third Cause, one. Because they're not still Eric Draven, right? It's other people who died. It's, it's other yeah. And it occurs to me the more flashbacks there are and the more he talks about how like they did all these terrible things to Shelley after they threw him out the window and whatnot. Really Shelley should have been the crow. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, that would have been a little more on the nose and a little more interesting, I think, if it was like no, she's just a girl. We're not afraid of her. It's like, yeah, but you shoot her and she doesn't die. So now what? <laughs> yeah, no, that, that would have been a lot, I think, more interesting to have her as, as the crow. Just because, yeah, you know, way more shit happened to her. Eric Draven got thrown out of a window. Big fucking deal. Yeah, and I know it's like a romantic revenge sort of thing, because he keeps mentioning, like, he's killing people who hurt her, not himself, which is kind of cool, but it's also a, uh... Well, nothing. It, it's kind of cool anyway. I just think it would be more interesting if it was her. Yeah. But it's not bad or anything that's not boring. Yeah. It's, it's not a dull revenge zombie slasher slash superhero movie because of how they did it. I just, that, that had occurred to me a couple times. Yeah. Also, you could have like that spooky hair coming down ring thing. Because why do you think Brandley looks pretty cool in the makeup in every cut. He doesn't look spooky, really. He looks like mm -hmm. a guy wearing makeup. Yeah. But 
but she has long black hair she puts down her face like in the ring or the grudge or something then it's spooky I'm not sure why that does it but that does it yeah yeah what are we so he starts out the window cut to four dudes just doing like you know how we hang out sometimes mm-hmm. just sort of like hanging out eating bullets and uh-huh. uh, burning themselves and you know just like threatening each other and licking waitresses and stuff mm-hmm. yeah so yeah so it's like it's a, a typical it's like a Saturday night. Sort I was going to say typical Thursday night, but I guess I hang out with, with different people sometimes. Yeah, and th- Thursday's basically start of the weekend. Like Friday's, Friday's kind of washed because yeah. you got to pass all those bullets at work. Exactly. But, um... I mean, that's assuming you even go to work. On Friday, like who the fuck does that? I mean, listen, like it's uh, they don't own me. I'm gonna poop on company time, so you gotta go to work after your bullet shooter nights because I'm not gonna sit for three hours and try to pass bullets on my own time. No hell no. Get paid that, for it. That's for the work bathroom. Get paid for that shit. Quite literally. Yeah. Boss makes a dollar, I make a dime. <laughs> that's why I poop on company time. <laughs> I like that. Oh, that's great. I- didn't come up with it, but I don't think I did. <laughs> I like that. That's a good one. I mean, StumbleCast isn't strong enough to dissolve bullets that fast, right? You're at some point just shitting out nine mils. I'm not sure StumbleCast is strong enough to, 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 to do that to bullets in the first place. Is it? I mean, I know, I know supposedly it can melt iron, but I think that's over way longer than iron takes to go through your system. Because you, you go swallowing things to pooping things if they don't agree with you in like a couple hours, right? Yeah. It's not don't think bolts would agree with you. Probably not. I mean, it depends on how much of it it is in on your diet, you know? I mean, if bullets are... I wonder if they piss the bullets. If, if bullets are, are a, a part of your balanced breakfast, then maybe they do pass it regularly. I don't know. It's, um... 
Well, I know Bolt is basically a capsule full of gunpowder, so I don't know if, like, if your stomach cracks it open, then you get, like, that weird gunpowder buzz. Maybe. It's one of those unanswered questions that really makes it... You know, that's one of the reasons I don't like this movie, is there are too many unanswered questions. Like... Like, how do they poop out the bullets that they have? Yeah, I need a lengthy scene of fun boy shitting out a bullet. Mm -hmm. Also, I just realized... Just, I just realized, from downward angle. Also, I just realized the, the fact that you said they were having a bullet shooter. Eh. Thanks. Eh. <laughs> I, I worried that slipped by. It, it absolutely you. did. Did do that on purpose? Why is it four minutes later? <laughs> After we've talked about pooping on, pooping out bullets for five minutes, like wait a second, Ben made a funny. <laughs> You think we can spend the entire episode talking about pooping out bullets? Cause I think it's it's just it's good right I mean I could probably squeeze about another twenty minutes out of it. <laughs> Much like I do work. Squeeze now. Yeah. <laughs> Poop. Yeah. Alright, so. <laughs> they're just hanging out while he makes his crow costume. <laughs> what I like is we're 17 minutes into an hour 40 movie and we've already got the crow. Yeah. We know his mission. We know basically what's up. We don't know how he got us powers. We don't really need to. It's magic. Whatever. Yeah. Was it even 17 minutes? Did you get like a timestamp? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was even less 17 than that, minutes? It is. Oh, okay. But it doesn't... One thing I like about this movie, A, it, it, it's... A hundred minutes, start finish. Mm -hmm. It doesn't drag on, and while it has, it doesn't waste our time. Yeah. Like there's, I have my favorite parts and my least favorite parts, but there's no points where I think like, okay, don't care, cut this. You could have cut this. Yeah. I guess kind of breakfast with Darla and Sarah, but that's like mm -hmm. 35 seconds. They don't, they respect my time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely didn't feel like it was, um, 
trying to think of the movies that felt like they kind of dragged. This one did not feel like it dragged at all to me. Yeah, and, and there's no point at which I, like, got bored and started looking at my phone or something. Like, it's the movie started and then I was in with it, and then it ended. Yeah. It was it was absolutely not Tomb Raider in that respect. Jesus yeah, fucking Christ! Might be the opposite of Tomb Raider yeah. if there is an opposite. Yeah, which is weird because it has one or two scenes that are very similar to Tomb Raider, but yeah, but up to Tin Tin at the pawn shop. Mm-hmm. I recognize the guy who plays the pawn shop owner, but I don't know where from. He's a character actor in a lot of stuff. Yeah, the, um, I looked at his filmography, and the only reason that I thought I recognized him was because I thought he was Mean Gene Okerlund, which he absolutely is not. Um, it's another wrestling thing. Uh, but he looks a lot like Mean Gene Okerlund, that's all I'm gonna say. But, yeah, John Polito, he's apparently one of the He's in the Coen Brothers stable lot. I mean, he was, he was also in Ghostbusters. Oh, okay. Um, and what? Superman, Spider-Man, Modern Family, Locker 13. What? Jesus, he's been like... He's been in a shit ton of movies. And... And TV show. It has 222 credits. Oh, I'm not gonna go through it. <laughs> That's but, a lot. Uh, I probably recognize him from something the Coen Brothers did, or looks like a bunch of. I knew he was in the Highlander. Alright, alright. There you go. Making connections. Yeah. Highlanders will one I'm gonna make you watch at some point if you have Yeah, one. I know I need to. Let's do an episode about it. Alright. Okay, so they're at the, the pawn shop. Mm-hmm. He's selling I, I don't even remember what he's selling. Stuff that he stole from people in guy is being a pawn shop owner and not paying him what they're actually worth because that's not how you make profit <laughs> off things and Tintin's mad about it but accepts it because he's done this all the time and if he actually killed everyone that didn't give him a fair price for stuff he wouldn't be able to pawn anything yep. and, and this is where the crow, also known as Eric the Raven, <laughs> uh, ambushes Tintin in an alley 
knows who's lighting off these barrel fires? Because no one's around them. I mean, I guess it's just a fucking garbage barrel fire uses to light up a cigarette. No one's using it for warmth. Someone just set it and left it. Well, I mean, it. No one's here. I mean, it could have just been like, um. Maybe it was like a rookie gang member who were like, we're not gonna let you light a building on fire, but just for practice, we're gonna have you light these barrels on fire in this in this alleyway, you know. Warming up and burning food waste. Yeah. It's like, soon I'll be able to build for an entire building. Yeah, and it's like, eventually that, that, the barrel is probably gonna melt, and then that fire might catch something else on fire, so, you know. There, there's like an initiation, I guess. Fair enough. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was the other power that, that, that Eric the Raven has is he can see through the crow's eyes or the raven's eyes. Yeah, well, the raven's like a, it's like a familiar yeah. to drag Dungeons and Dragons back into this Exactly. I think there's any reason drag Dungeons and Dragons back into any conversation is totally fine with me. Well, for all I know, familiars, uh, like, uh, it's not a concept they came up with. I don't know if seeing through their eyes is a typical thing, but maybe it is, and I just only associate it with that because that's my window into mythology <laughs> that makes sense uh, so he's he's being all scary at Tintin but Tintin's down as fuck <laughs> I find that really easy yeah. like okay yeah let's kill each other <laughs> he doesn't even know who he is he's like <laughs> he's a uh, line that I wrote down, but I'm not sure why I wrote down, it's not actually that good, it's just memorable. Uh, let me tell you about murder. It's fun, it's easy, you're gonna learn all about it. <laughs> just cartoonishly bad, bad guys, like, you're a murderer, it's like, yes I am. Murder's great. <laughs> like, that's not how people behave. <laughs> but, um, uh, they fight back and forth. It's not super martial artsy, considering that Branley is, or was at the time, mostly famous for being Bruce Lee's son. He doesn't seem to either showcase it or know it. Probably just showcase it. I assume he's really good. I think so. 
but yeah, it's he was probably just sort of doing the generic nineties Hollywood action film sort of stunt work, I guess. Or fight scenes, that sort of thing. Yeah, like it's definitely stuff I can keep up with and emulate without looking like a jackass. So it's, <laughs> it's manageable, non high martial arts stuff, but it's fine. He shows off that he can get stabbed again, right? Uh huh. And not die. Yeah. There's just, you know, there's just very little tension, but you don't really need it because it's a slasher movie and you're rooting for the slasher, so it's fine. Because <laughs> Jason Voorhees doesn't get hurt either. <laughs> yeah. And then. So he, he beats Tintin, but he hasn't killed him yet. And all of a sudden we're in a concert venue. Well, I know it's just, holy fuck, it's the Candyman. Because <laughs> the Candyman's here. But he's just the doorman, he's not the boss, which is too bad. Mm-hmm. Next note just says, butts! <laughs> because we see two butts in rapid succession. <laughs> there's... There's a lady's butt in the bed. Lily's but showering and it's biling and trying to her Michael Wincott <laughs> who is dressed like one of the vampires from Interview with the Vampire and has a closet full of swords and is a Highlander or something. <laughs> And I'm just sort of writing down uh, what, what I'm trying to just... Okay, so they're, they're like siblings that fuck people to death together and seal their eyes. <laughs> like, I don't quite understand <laughs> what him and are about. I mean, I think you just described what they're all about. I don't know if there's a purpose behind it. Yeah, because, like, it's implied that they're a romantic couple, but they're also half-siblings. And also the the lady whose butt you see in, in bed with Wilcott. What's his name? This... Guy gives more notes. He's top dollar. Top dollar was who they're both having sex with earlier, but she's dead. Mm. They don't. It, it, it's weird. And I was thinking, like, are these guys vampires? But only because you remind me so much of him with the vampire and her violin from the breed. <laughs> so I definitely thought they were vampires the first time I saw it for no discernible reason other than that. But they're not. 
And also, I guess they own a club? Uh, yeah? Uh, and also, I guess they're slumlords. It kind of seems like it, yeah. And also, I guess they recreationally burn down their own property sometimes. Yeah. And also, she's a witch? I don't know. <laughs> Some sort of a mystic. Yeah. yeah. This group is strange to me. Yeah. It's, uh... I like their style, but I don't get anything about them. It did feel like they kind of just, um... You know, kitchen sinked these characters were like, what are all the terrible things that we can put together? Okay, let's just make them slumlords and, you know, uh, an incestuous couple and people who were, you know, like, like seven different things. It was, uh, yeah, what's her? What's the rise to power and business model look like? That's what I want. Well, I mean, they did rise to power because he's supposed to be like the the head of like the head gang leader of all the other gangs. But as far as any sort of plans afterwards. I'm pretty sure he's just very sort of pure chaos about it. Like, he doesn't seem to care. Like, he just wants to cause chaos. Like, he's very jokerish in that way. At least that's what it seemed like during his big speech near the end of the movie was he just wants to, it just seems like he wants to cause chaos and that's basically it. Yeah, because he, he mentions that he was the guy who first started setting the fires in town, mm -hmm. but I don't get how that's profitable either. Like, now he sends guys out to burn things down for him, presumably because it'll lead to something that he wants to have done. Maybe, maybe he's like, maybe he, maybe because he owns the buildings and then he, he gets them insured. And then they get burned down, and then they collect the insurance money. So it's just insurance fraud mobile. Yeah. Actually, that'd be pretty that's, funny. I mean, that's, that's my take on it at this point. That's how I'm gonna, that's how I'm interpreting this character anyway. So the kid goes to the bar where her mom works, which I thought was the same club that these guys own, but it's not. It's a totally different <laughs> club. 
big cacomies later because they say that the fun boy lives upstairs and I thought that Wilcott was fun boy. Mm. But he's not, it's someone else. So I'm not with James, his, his... Darla. Darla. Yeah. The, the crow comes to a pawn shop to show off his getting shop powers. Mm-hmm. Because while he was killing Tintin, Tintin told Tim, Tim, told, told him. <laughs> that he sold the wedding ring at the pawn shop. Oh, and I I guess that when they went to the club earlier, I forgot that the guy, the T-Bird guy, Tell Top Dollar the Tintin's dead, right? Yeah. And then it cuts to the police looking at dead Tintin, and he's all full of knives. Uh-huh. He's been stabbed a dozen. They say he stabbed all his organs and alphabetical yeah. organs. Yeah. Which is funny. Yeah. <laughs> And then he painted a crow on the wall. That's his yep. thing. Sorry, so now he's at the pawn shop because that's where his fiance's ring is because that's where Tintin sold it. He knows. Mm-hmm. And he's bad, the pawn shop owner, for being a pawn shop owner <laughs> because he doesn't understand the stream of commerce. <laughs> <laughs> so he's. He's upset this guy sells the things that are sold to him because he thinks that if this guy didn't buy the things that are sold to him, people wouldn't steal because, you know, whatever, he's dead. His brain's been rotting for like 12 months. I was going to say, his body is remarkably well preserved for having been in the ground for a year. Yeah, I can't tell if he's supposed to be a zombie or if he's just like a, a ghost made flesh and that's not his real body or what. Because uh, he definitely... The ground is undisturbed at the end of the movie when he goes back, but it's also definitely big pit by his tombstone right now. Mm-hmm. So I don't know the... I don't know. I don't, I don't need to know, really. Yeah. He, the, the characters around him are actively reacting to a stench. So I assume it's not. They are all... Although there's that cigarette thing later on. They are all... Re- they do take the whole uh, except for the pawn shop owner, but they do take the fact that they are talking to a dead person remarkably well in this movie. Well, I think most of them don't know. I mean, two of them 
know, but like, Ponderbar just thinks he's talking to like a weird Wolverine heel guy. Which makes me wonder, are there other people in this world, in this universe, with sort of special powers? Or, like, how does that work? I mean, because the sequels, you know, there's other crows. Yeah. They're just flashed in the pan crows because they die after a day. Yeah. Or length of movie, anyway, I think. Hmm. Maybe. So he's. he's he, he. 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 he stabbed the guy in the hand, he take all his rings, mm-hmm. and he burns the places. Burns the guy's place down. He's mean to him. Yeah. And he quotes the raven again <laughs> to confuse us even more about why it's called the crow. <laughs> and steals a shotgun and an electric guitar. Which is kind of cool. <laughs> Uh, we get the second appearance of Cool Cop and Shit Detective. <laughs> oh, sorry. So um, I'm getting mixed up because it cuts back and forth a couple times. This is when we see the body of Tintin. And then it goes back and he steals the electric guitar. And we're just having some quick cuts because he's going on simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he burns the place down, Officer Winston detains the crow, who instantly confesses. I'm sorry, I get it, I know I get it. I love that. So, and, and crow, like, Air Dream cannot wait to snitch. <laughs> like, the second he meets this guy, he's like, oh, God, yeah, here's what I did. <laughs> and zero chill. Uh, but then runs away when no, Officer Winston yells at some guys who are looting the pawn shop. Meanwhile, Vampire Dude and his sister are hanging out burning eyeballs and doing cocaine like you do. This is more of like a this is like a proper Friday hangout. Yeah. Um, like this is a not going to work in the morning sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Turns out T-Bird works for Wincott. His name is Top Dollar. Mm-hmm. Crow saves Sarah from getting run over. And again, cannot wait to snitch. <laughs> so he quotes his own song lyrics at her. <laughs> 
Shaw's Moore's second power, like Shelley really should be the crown. And then Officer Winston finds a murder motive for Eric because he, 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 he stitched what he did beliefs and silks and pictures. It's like, hey, that's the guy if you draw you can draw sting makeup on. <laughs> and then Fun Boy does heroin with Darla, except later on they say it's morphine. I didn't know people did morphine recreationally, but of course they do, that makes sense. So, the crow does a weird lightning bolt thing, like a cat, shows off his getting shot powers again. I like how, I like how fun boy and the crow seem to be having fun together. Yeah. Like, I think those actors must have liked each other, because <laughs> it was just a very, like, like, gets shot and heals and the guy cracks up and thinks it's awesome <laughs> it's like oh <laughs> like it seems to be having fun yeah and this is part where I noticed like the the Branley's physical acting is actually really neat like just sort of the way he carries himself and the way he sits on things the way he moves around is like a little too sassy and <laughs> too comfortable for a regular person who doesn't know they can get shot and be okay and just sort of comes through very nicely like it's uh it's one of those things I feel like most roles where that happens don't think of. Or like, yeah, he's, he's having a good time. He doesn't much care. Mm-hmm. He magically sucks the morphine out of Darla. <laughs> and just violently terrifies this woman into being a better mother, <laughs> which I'm sure is something that can happen. That sounds well found. Because <laughs> the, the crow is in, is in that, that weird magical universe where, like, where, like, drugs are the cause of drugs. And people abuse drugs because there's drugs in their system, so once you get drugs out of their system, they're better. (laughs) It was the midnight, which people didn't quite understand. Yeah, this was the... This was the, the... Height of the... Dare program, which did not work in the whole. Like, okay, so you've 
just terrified this woman and killed her boyfriend and sent her out on the street now without any drugs in her system. The first thing this woman needs is <laughs> drugs. <laughs> like that's me. <laughs> Considering the trauma she just went through. Yeah, she's instantly high and gone. <laughs> Even if she wasn't going to be, she is. <laughs> uh, but whatever, we don't think about it. And then he what? He, 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 he kills Fun Boy by injecting him full of more morphine but Candyman's there cause Candyman was gonna go talk to pawn shop owner guy and pawn shop owner guy is also there although why he's there I don't know because he confesses that he's the one who told the crow that fun boy lived upstairs at that bar and the crow's like, okay, I'm this terrifying guy afraid of me who eat revenge on Fun Boy. And Ponchbar's like, cool, I'm gonna go also there. <laughs> because you're so scary. <laughs> so, you know, there's that. Yeah. And he. He's downstairs drinking Crown Royal. Cause I recognize that bottle. It's good stuff. <laughs> also not a paid endorsement, but I also like to go and be gross and sweaty in bars and drink Crown Royal when someone has just scared me, which happens very often. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> if, if the plot of the crow shadow dark is any indication. Yeah. <laughs> the crow shadow dark. I'm gonna get my first bout of revenge, which again involves like kind of making an omelet and then accidentally <laughs> or eventually successfully shooting down my 34th 35th attempt and then being so scared of what I just caused that I go and retreat to a, a post-trauma drink and you think there's going to be a second bout of revenge there because there's like seven victims on his list, but there's actually just the one and they just kind of, just kind of freaks out and then eventually dies. <laughs> There's 
like a 45 minute scene. The crow foreshadowed dark. It's just me circling. Oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god. Oh god, oh god, oh god. <laughs> Hands going back and forth, drinking too much to bar. Awesome <laughs> people who aren't dressed up like singers, like, what's was wrong with this guy? Eventually, the bouncer asked me to leave him. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I do. <laughs> and that's. <laughs> That's the main conflict, the fight that doesn't happen with the bouncer. <laughs> it's gonna be oh, good. Yeah. It's gonna be a good movie. <laughs> and and Candyman sees 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 Crow go out the window. He draws his, draws his little crow on, on the guy's chest, mm. so this is twice he's drawn crows. Mm. Some people are like, hey, are we sure he's not the guy that draws crows? Are we sure he's not drawing ravens? I mean, everything else about this movie is right. a raven. Yeah. No, because a raven drawing has a more distinctive bottom plumage. Okay. You can tell it's drawing of a crow. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. I, I haven't really studied bottom plumage drawings of crows versus ravens as you have I know it was your your doctorate thesis so it's kind of an obsession of mine yeah, I get it bird plumage yeah it's mostly sexual mm-hmm. I have nothing bad. So Officer Winston's washing TV in his underwear and his hat. <laughs> I could love that scene. It's like he didn't even realize he, he hadn't taken his hat off. <laughs> so Crow shows up because it's been almost two hours since he last snitched. <laughs> So he has to snitch. <laughs> He's just is burning. It's one of his. It's one of his superpowers. I think is the power. The power of inability to not snitch. Just like I did the bad thing. I told someone. <laughs> He runs in to tell Officer Winston what he's just done. 
his afterwards lies <laughs> open. I killed a man with heroin. Uh, morphine. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Basically the same thing. There might be, actually. I'm not, uh... I don't know. <laughs> I'll look it up at some point. I probably won't, actually. But I'm a little curious right now. And I won't be by the time this is over. <laughs> Can't wait to snitch. Uh, yeah, Officer Winston already figured it out though, because he he draw he draws the sting makeup on. Yeah. Uh, so they just have a really frank conversation, which I kind of love. Like I don't know. The, 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 here you go. It's like I don't fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done this before. <laughs> it's kind of cool. He gets him a beer. And this is when you first learn that he has weird psychometry powers. Of like, he can see Winston's memories of hanging out in the emergency room with Shelly when she died. And that comes back later. 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 Anyway. During the rooftop <laughs> fight, he's gonna come back and just grab He just walks out the front door. <laughs> the crew and then they kill him I'm not actually sure why he's kind of just loud mouth but but they they he kills him with the sword mm -hmm. so you know he's a sword guy yeah well he doesn't kill him with the sword he's a sword he, he stabs him but the guy doesn't die immediately, so he shoots him afterwards. Alright, so it is fatality. Yeah. Or it gets him, then he gets him, then he gets yeah. him. I just, you know, like, I've known some sword guys. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're, they're a little scary in, like, certain ways, but none of them are ever going to be head of an organization. Like, that's asking too much for you to buy into. I can buy into zombie uh, uh, charity rock star, but no way is a sword guy head of an organization. I'm just saying. Yeah. 
I mean, unless he has some sort of mystical powers of his own, like you said. If he is a Highlander, then... That's... He does have a witch, I guess. Yeah. He has a half-sister incest witch, which is... I think one of the three, uh, keys to making friends and influencing people if I was reading that book right. Yeah. Which, um, by the way, consider having an incest witch. Half-sister incest witch will be the, uh, the first album of of, uh, of Devil's Nights, the, the band. Needs one more modifier. Late mm. 80s witch has this third, it's a, I forget already. Some, I something half-sister incest witch. I just, the, I like how that, that phrase flows, you know? I feel like it doesn't need any extra qualifiers. I just it it feels half sister incest yeah. witch. Like it rolls off the tongue remarkably well for such a horrific phrase. By the way, her lip liner is out of control. <laughs> I can't I can't with this woman's lip liner. <laughs> it's a problem for me. It's like the weird 90s fashion, the leather outfit that's intentionally too tight, so I can sexy muffin top they're going for and we did age past that fashion wise I'm glad of it whatever I can deal with all of that this lip liner though she looks like the queen of hearts <laughs> like the Tim Burton queen of hearts this is already Tim Burton ass movie <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so they they killed him with sword and gun. Yeah. And meanwhile the crows just strumming like two chords on the roof. Yeah. He's, he's clearly a master musician. I mean, he's just, he's, he's feeling so much pain. Yeah. I, I can't tell if this is supposed to signify the passage of time, because this whole thing takes place in one night. Right? I think it takes place of, well, no, because there's, there is a morning scene. Like, like, you know, the, the scene where, where, um, Sarah and her mother reunite, but 
then it's... Oh, yeah. It's supposed to over, like, 24 hours? What do we say? So it's like Devil's Night and Halloween? Yeah. Okay, so maybe this is just instead of sleeping, he just keeps his neighbors up. Probably. Yeah. That's... Well, I mean, by that point it might be... Well, maybe it, it must be close to daybreak by that point, I would think. So, maybe... I don't, I don't know if it's supposed to be nighttime this whole time, or if it's just, it's raining so much it's dark. Like, what are we supposed to get out of I think it's supposed to be... Or the city's so smoky or something. I think it's the rain thing. Because I know they make a, they make mention of it at some point about, oh, I think that was near the end where they were saying, hey, it's finally not raining. Like, they make a point of saying, it's not raining at this point. For the first time in the movie, I think. But it was at the end, so... I just can't tell how much time has gone by. Now, I guess he does nothing for an entire day, like morning to evening. He just hangs out on his roof. Yeah. I mean, he might just be playing guitar for like seven hours, twelve hours. I guess that counts. Because there is another scene of him playing guitar. I don't remember where it was in the context of the rest of the movie, but there is another scene of that half. Yeah, later on he actually jams Yeah, like right now he's just strong. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the kid listens to listens to the record of him. To verify that the words he said were in fact lyrics of the song. And they are. Yep. Wherever they film these city scenes is awesome. I think it's soundstage, but if it's not, I wanna. <laughs> I don't wanna live there, but it's cool. Yeah. Uh, the crow backseat kidnaps T Bird. <laughs> oh, yeah. While Skank is is in like a Seven Eleven, <laughs> picking up road beer and chips and smokes. I like the, I like the just like the phrase road beer. I don't know why. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 not hiding the truth. It's like. We're not supposed to drive drunk. I feel like if it's a light enough beer, you can have two in an hour drive if you stop there and if it's a hot day, but I've never actually done it because I'm afraid. On the other hand, this is T-Bird and Skank we're talking about, so I don't think they give a shit whether or not they're drunk driving. Yeah. 
Nah, probably it. Yeah. Yeah. But where are they going? Like, everyone that knows he's within three blocks. I'm not sure. <laughs> but they do go through a surprisingly empty section of the city. Through this, this kidnapping scene. There are 12 people live in this city. Yeah. It's a little weird. So they, they, backseat kidnaps T-Bird, cause in the backseat he's got a gun, he's like, hey, drive. And so he does. They drive past police too fast, meanwhile Skank gets hit by a car and then jacks that car and chases them. So you have this awkward three-person chase scene that looks like it might have been models and not real cars. I can't really tell. Uh, and it goes for a while and I can't quite tell what's happening because it's all sort of narrow streets and alleyways and eventually Skank and the police crash into each other and so T-Bird and the crow get away. He tapes up T-Bird, sends it off the dock and blows him up. Seems like a lot of effort. Cause he could have blown him up. Or he could have sent him off the dock and drowned him. Boy, he does. He sends the car off the dock and he blows up and then he falls in the water. And I don't know why, it's just pollution. <laughs> I mean. Really, it's not that much more of an addition to that city, as far as pollution is concerned. Oh, it's pissing into the ocean. Yeah. I'm just saying, it's a, It's not helping, like, is what we're saying. If you're gonna blow him up, he can't tell. He's also taking a sweet dive <laughs> off the pier into the ocean. You already blew him up. Like, you did her wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but also, it's been nearly an hour since he last finished, <laughs> so he has to tell T-Bird everything about himself. T-Bird's like, no, you're dead. People don't come back from dead. And they don't. That's a good point. <laughs> but... <laughs> But he's unconvinced and kills him anyway. <laughs> Meanwhile, Candyman is discovering that the grave is in fact empty, and Darla is making Sarah breakfast because a man came in and yelled at her, and that's all it took. <laughs> so now she's a good mom. Yep. <laughs> um, 
Detective Douche is mad at Officer Winston for not knowing everything already. <laughs> Seraphith is the crow and he immediately snitches. <laughs> One of his character traits, not like the crow thing, but that might just be what Eric was like. Maybe? Just he was too much of a stand-up good guy. Maybe. He's just, he's wearing so much makeup to then tell everyone he knows what's <laughs> going on. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's a bunch of other friends that we just don't seek, doesn't seek them out, but I feel like this is like the equivalent of me coming back from dead, putting on a big spooky skull mask, and immediately going to my mom's house to tell her, like, <laughs> which is also seen. <laughs> Four Shadow Dark. There's Mom! Mommy! Mom, guess what? I'm a spooky zombie, Mom! This is so rad! Mom, shoot me! Mom! Look what happens. Don't worry, I'll be fine. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a 25 minute scene. Also, the Crow 4 is 7 hours long so far. <laughs> I can just picture that happening. It's a fort is set. <laughs> oh my god. Rivals the Lord of the Rings in just sheer length. <laughs> this one's called the Raven. Is Rian. No, no. The Jackdaw. Because <laughs> that's another Corvid that's a funny name. Isn't there one's like a, a Grackle or something? Probably. That sounds familiar. <laughs> the Grackle. It's just this, this, this fat guy in steam makeup, <laughs> poorly applied. <laughs> I do like how they did this makeup though, apparently what they did was, uh, it, because it looked too clean all the time, 
Brandon Lee would wear the makeup home and sleep in it, and then whatever he looked like in the mornings is how they mm. shot it. So it would look all messed up and sort of cake-drawn, but still always kind of mm. there. Which I feel like they also kind of did with the Joker later on, because his makeup was always looked like yeah. shit uh, in a kind of intimidating way. It was cool. Yeah. Hmm. So I'll have to make mine look shitty in an uncool <laughs> way. I don't know how to do that. So he doesn't he doesn't snitch right away. First he 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 hides and sort of like giggling <laughs> behind a mirror or something. So you know, like, I know you're in here and he's like South Park, you won't like the game because it's such a perfect take. That's on the actually show, not true. I don't really like the show that much, but I love the game. Yeah. Oh, really? No, it was a fantastic game. But but you don't, you're not like you're not turned off by the humor of the show. No. Just not the yeah, exactly. Right. Well, I'm, I mean, yeah. I guess, because I, mean, I know some people that hate South Park, and it's fair enough. Like, oh, good, more dookie humor. Like, no, that's okay. Dookie's funny. But, um, but they're, they're not wrong. Yeah. And I don't think they would like the game because it's the same. Probably not. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. But but it's a fantastic adaptation. Yeah. Definitely. And I endorse yeah. it. As do I. So, um So so Eric the Raven is hiding and, and snickering because uh, he's, he's hiding from the kid 
Yeah, this is, she says something like, well, it's mean if you are here, don't tell me he comes out like a hostage. And he tells her everything. <laughs> so then they, this skank is crying to Top Dollar and Candyman and the witch because T-Bird's dead and he saw it. Then Sarah and Officer Hudson talk about ghosts at the hot dog stand. This hot dog stand guy has seen some shit. He doesn't blink at this. He's a vault full of so many secrets. And I want to see a movie about him. <laughs> if we can get the same actor back for the Crow 4, it's just the hot dog guy. He has all the secrets of the universe. That'd be good. This is when Eric's rocking on the roof. Oh, that's where it is. Which is pretty proximate to the last one, but I guess he killed Tiber in the meanwhile, so it could have been another night. Maybe, yeah. And it's time for a big criminal meeting. <laughs> and all the criminals come, and they sit in their criminal chairs, and there's gonna be a meeting. Yep. And Byling says something weird and everyone laughs at her and it's awkward. And I actually like that scene a lot. <laughs> because she's been the weird kind of crazy witch lady this whole time. And then there's a bunch of people there who aren't just her weird fuck brother and the candy man. And she's like, I like the pretty lights. And then I'll snicker at her because that's a weird fucking thing to say. And then just this half second shot of her face, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> No one thought that was cool, <laughs> which is maybe my favorite moment of the movie because it's totally unnecessary and it's great. <laughs> also, because Blyling's actually a really good actor, but she does not choose good roles, so it's nice when she can just communicate something <laughs> non-verbally. <laughs> so, big bad guy meeting. He gives his evils great for no motive speech. And he just wants... He's like, I'm getting tired of saying things on fire on Devil's Night because it's so trite and everyone knows about it now. So this Devil's Night, we're gonna set a lot of things on fire. Did <laughs> 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 that make sense to him? 
So then, the crow comes in and sits on the table. Again, I really like his physical acting. He throws the chair down and sits all cool-like. Yeah. Have you seen The Prophecy? Uh, yes. A long time ago. It reminds me of how they sit on chairs wrong just to be cool. <laughs> Sitting on chairs normal is lame. Sitting all weird is cool. Then all the city's monsters shoot him. Then he shoots all the city's monsters. (laughs) Then all the city's police shoot him. And this is kind of climax of the movie, except it's not. There's a a notable scene where <coughs> they'll shoot him. He falls down. He doesn't die because he's a zombie. Uh-huh. And then. He goes under the table, and these guys stand back from the table and can't see under the table. And, like, it's a major strategic point they can't see under the table that they're at. And I'm like, I'm sitting at a table now, and I'm just checking, and I, 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 I can't. Yeah. It's not that difficult. (laughs) So, and I can't tell if they're all missing him here, if they're all shooting him and he's just getting much faster healing or not reacting to it or something. But they all shoot him and then he shoots all of them. Except... For the named ones, he, he throws Skank out a window, so he's killed the four guys. But he doesn't kill Top Dollar, or the witch, yeah. or Candyman. Yeah. And he shoots everyone. Everyone shoots him, then he shoots everyone, and then everyone shoots him again, because all the police show up. Because I guess they've known about this place the whole time. Just don't do anything about it when it's actual criminal stuff. Or maybe they were going to... Maybe there's going to be a bust or something. They just heard the shoot or something. I can't tell what's going on here. I missed the scene where they knew what was going on. Because last I saw, just Detective Douche was mad at Officer Winston for not telling things and suddenly know where everything's going down. He gets shot a billion times by all the police. And then it's time for parkour. And he, yeah. he 
runs across rooftops, <laughs> you know, it's like the exact same thing. <laughs> parkour! <laughs> but this was before parkour was, you know, so in vogue. It's just sort of the, the office ruined the word parkour for me in a good, very good way. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he finally escapes into Officer Winston's car in plain view of the helicopter that has the spotlight trained on. Somehow escapes work. He just gets in. It gets away from the helicopter by nothing. It just leaves. <laughs> It's not very good. <laughs> uh, and then he ghosts Officer Winston again after they've driven a couple blocks away. He says, Peace out, I don't respect you. He disappears. <laughs> In a different car across town, on a bridge, I think, the half-sister incest witch has figured out how to kill the crow by, I don't fucking know, but she just knows that it's the bird. <laughs> Something about it was some reference to it was a heroes. Something about you know, kill the cheerleader or something. Save the cheerleader. Yeah, save the world. it was like that. It was kill the crow. Kill the crow. <laughs> kill the raven. Kill yeah. the crow. Yeah, I don't. I guess in this world, the legend is old and known. Apparently. So the fact that she's into weird mystic shit means she's heard of it. Yeah. And that this is a long symbol of ravens or crows or whatever. Yeah. So, okay, fine. I guess fine. <laughs> Meanwhile, it is Halloween because the crow sees kids in masks and makeup and they make him laugh. He likes it when other people wear masks and makeup. It makes him happy to yeah, see that. It's, it's very inclusive. They said last year there were 143 fires the night before. Why anyone lets their kids out at all in this city is beyond me. Well, I mean, that was Devil's Night. This is Halloween. It's completely different. Oh, there's like a Yeah. Or, I mean, there, there okay. should be, but... 
but but Michael but Michael Wincott is apparently not in the mood for that kind of shit this year. I guess last year he was he didn't wanna ruin Halloween for all the kids, but this year he's like, I don't care. So all the kids in the city, they're left alive after Devil's Night, which is five uh-huh. of them, are here doing Halloween things by our Dreams house. Okay. I'm yeah. into it. And so he laughs at the mask and it's like, ah, good times. Well, I've decided I'm gonna go die. <laughs> so, <laughs> which I've been there. Mm-hmm. I get it. It's like it's the end of a long night party. It's like, what to do now? I could die. <laughs> That's. <laughs> And he goes to lie down at the graveyard, but like always happens with me, frustratingly, he doesn't (laughs) die. He just lies there for a while. (laughs) Come on. And over with. Buddy, I have been there. <laughs> oh, you're tired a lot, and I'm like, okay, time to die. All my vengeance is complete again. And then it's like two hours later, like, not dead! So you get up and do something else. <laughs> Frustrating is what it is. (laughs) Uh, That's life. So Sarah comes over and he's all failing to die. So he talks to her and he's trying to get rid of her so he can die in peace. (laughs) And gives her the wedding ring that he stole back from the pawn shop. He's like, I don't want to make your life easier. Evidence. (laughs) (laughs) So he... (laughs) So he... He gives her that. He's like, okay, but it's cramps. I gotta die real quick. So... So Sarah walks off and he's (laughs) eating. Immediately kidnapped. <laughs> like it wasn't even, it was like 10 seconds after she leaves. Like it could be the same scene. Yeah. Like she walks around the corner and can't even just there like I was, I was watching us talking. <laughs> 
I decide not to do anything now because we need to kill him in the church instead of right the hell here. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it actually was the same scene. Like, they probably tried to frame it like it wasn't, but it was basically just a continuation of the same scene. They shouldn't have cut away. They should have just had her walk Yeah, over. like he's just lying there and he's he just, just, just came and just swoops in and just grabs her. Yeah, but he's, he's, a, he's a rock and roll musician, so he has no sense of hearing. <laughs> so she's just <laughs> screaming, but at the pitch she can't hear anymore. The, it's not supposed to go until you're 65, yeah. and he's just All he's doing is any second now. That's just all he can do. <laughs> <laughs> so he can't hear Except for the other showdown that happened five minutes ago. Yeah, I've read a bunch of weird stuff about like the drafts that they cut either because they didn't have Brandon Lee anymore or because they were bad ideas in the first place. I can tell what they're supposed to be like. It's very sort of Spawn story. Did you ever see Spawn? Or uh, Spawn? Yeah, I did see the movie a long time ago, and I read a few of the comics, but that was 20 years ago. So he was supposed... There's supposed to be a character called the Skull Cowboy, which I guess was... I mean, it's... It's actually kind of cool because it's just a skull cowboy who was like a crow long before who didn't succeed in getting his revenge, so he was stuck on Earth decaying. So now it's like a skeleton cowboy that was, you know, his cogliostro or whatever the spawn character. Mm is who's an old spawn or something. Oh. I don't know if this predates spawn. I, I don't no, think it does, but I the think comics might. 
Well, I mean, the movie Spawn was, I think, like, 1997, 96, somewhere around there. I think the comic... Yeah, but I'm wondering if the Crow comic came before the Spawn comic. I think the Spawn comic was, like, mid-80s. I might be wrong. I don't know. Because they're similar. Although, I mean, Spawn also borrowed a lot from Ghost Rider, mm. so I don't know what's what, but, uh, um, but they, they called it out, but what was originally going to happen here is that because he had already killed the four guys, that's why he's not invincible anymore, because he got his revenge. Which might have worked a little bit better for me than what happens instead. Because what happens instead is he goes to the church where they're holding Sarah and then Candyman shoots his bird. Yeah. And then suddenly he's vulnerable again. Because they shot his, shot his mm-hmm. bird. Wilcott has his sword and equestrian gear. <laughs> Kenwin has a sweet, like, laser sight automatic rifle <laughs> thing. Uh, and, and they know. They act like they knew that Sarah was important to him because she had the ring on him. On her. Which again is 30 seconds after it was introduced. <laughs> but they also definitely knew to grab her in the first place, so no, that's not the yeah. reason. So suddenly he's vulnerable. Wilcott shoots him, or someone shoots him. I think it's Wilcott. Somebody does. I, I, I don't know, honestly. Um, the fact that 97% of this movie was shot at night and most of the action scenes were very, you know, sort of jump cut, whip pan heavy. I couldn't tell what was happening for about 60% of this film at all. Fair enough. But again, I like Brand Lee's physical acting here a lot because at first he starts saying they're doing his grinning thing he does whenever he gets mm-hmm. shot. It's like, oh, I'm invincible. But then his, his smile just sort of melts. He's just like, oh, yeah. fuck. <laughs> and sort of falls down and actually really is pretty good. Because he doesn't know what's going on either. It's like, how was he invincible a second ago? <laughs> yeah. Turns out the crow's hurt but still alive. So they're trying to kill it. Well, Candyman's trying to kill it. And uh, Incest Witch is trying to grab mm-hmm. it. Because she wants to absorb its powers. 
whatever yeah, they which are. I guess she thinks she knows how to do because like it's it's a good plan. I would try that too, but I don't I also know. don't even know if the crow has any the actual crow itself has any powers. Like that was never established, right? Yeah, like she thinks it'll make her invincible or make or make uh guy of Gisborne invincible or whatever. Maybe, but uh, like it's it's not really established whether or not it's the crow that's giving these powers or if it was just some other sort of divine intervention that decided to give Eric the Raven the the powers that he had. Yeah, but I also don't know how Biling knew in the first place that the crow was... So she knows something that no one else knows, including us, I think. Yeah. So I'm, I'm willing to just accept the premise that for whatever the same reason that she knew that they had to take out the rape in the first place, she also knows, also knows that she can take its powers or yeah, whatever. exactly. By the way, I was... I was looking this up, um, Spawn, the comic came out in 1992, which was much later than I thought. Okay, so it borrows heavily from the crow. And the film did come out in 1997 for Spawn, so, yeah. That one. That's... That's like a joyless version of this one. <laughs> we should check that out. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that movie in probably 15 years, so I'd be interested to to re to revisit it. Oh, it's real oh, bad. I'm sure it's it is. Bad. Like I, all I remember about it right now is that John Leguizamo played the the. Tiny Clown Man, which should have been Danny DeVito because... The file. Yeah, because Danny DeVito should always play every short, rotund character in everything. Although, actually, John Leguizamo did pretty oh, no, well. I'm, it wasn't his fault that moved was terrible. Yeah, no, I, I'm sure he did quite well, but it's like... It, like just, just by default, all short, rotund characters should be played by Danny DeVito. Like there's just, it should be a thing, like a contract in Hollywood. But that's oh, yeah. no Danny DeVito. I, I I still think Keith Ledger's Joker is so far the best 
adaptation of Batman villain I've seen so far, but Danny DeVito's Penguin is a close mm. second. Like, action really close second. <laughs> <laughs> you seen that one, yeah? Batman Returns, or is that no, still on that your was, list? No, that was the one that Anthony was mad that I didn't watch. Her. Both of those okay. are the ones that her Anthony's mad I hadn't watched yet. You will be pleased, oh, I, I think, with Jane and Vito's Penguin. If oh, I'm quite else. certain I will be. So gross. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking, honestly, I'm looking forward to it. I'm also looking forward to eventually actually watching all the rest of the Batman movies. Because, like, I've seen Batman Forever and Batman Begins and The Dark Knight and... Pieces of the Adam West Batman film, and that's it. <laughs> so, I want to see Batman and Batman Returns, and I'd like to see Dark Knight Rises, and I know I'm going to hate myself for it, but I do want to see Batman and Robin, and Batman vs. Superman. I mean, personal opinion, Batman Begins is the best one, but definitely see all of them. Like, well, I mean, yeah, I, I did see Batman Begins and, ba and Dark Knight, and I liked Dark Knight. I remember watching Batman Begins and not liking it, but that was also back when I was a film snob, and I was like, I don't like the movie because not exactly what I thought it was going to be. You know, because I was an idiot back then. So, um... Fair enough. You know, I was like... I can't that I came out in what? Like 2005 or something? It's been a while. Yeah, I was... I was, uh... I was an asshole. Film film snob back then. <laughs> so I'm much more accepting of movies and I'm sure I would enjoy Batman begins a lot more now. I mean maybe it also might not have aged that well. Like I, I know I liked it a lot when it came out, but I haven't seen it for three or four years at this point. I think it well, I mean if it's been three or four years, I I mean, it's still been almost 15, I think, since it came out. So, if it if it's been three or four years and you still enjoyed it, I think it holds up pretty well. I don't know. No, I think it it. I think I also like it, but uh, just just just. Just, it doesn't have Anthony uh, DeVito as the penguin, <laughs> which is pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs>
and that's also Tim Burton asked me because it's made by Tim Burton. <laughs> so, you'll we'll see. Both of the first ones were, right? Or the Batman and Batman Returns. They're both Tim Burton. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, I like Tim Burton quite a bit. This movie, I think, could have been him. For the I same could see that, yeah. Okay, so, so, so... Suddenly Crow's vulnerable, uh, suddenly flares, and Officer Winston's here. Yeah. He kills Candyman kind of unceremoniously, <laughs> it's cool. Also, everyone is dressed in black so they can't be seen, except Officer Winston's wearing like a banana <laughs> yellow jacket. So, of course, he gets it. <laughs> Half-sister incest witch grabs the bird. She takes the bird up to the top of the tower because it's her and she thinks she has it. Then all of a sudden, it straight pecks her eyes out and she falls and dies. <laughs> Rad. And then speaking of rad, we get the sword fight. There's probably other stuff. Yeah, well, well, first we get the other scene that Heath Ledger's Joker borrowed from this movie where where he's He's got the kid off the edge. Cross is making him let her go. Oh. He says, very poor choice of words. Lobster. <laughs> he doesn't actually, that's what the Joker says, but something like that. He says, you might want to rephrase. He says, you might want to rephrase that. <laughs> You gotta warm up before doing the Batman voice. Before doing the Christian Bale Batman voice, specifically. It wasn't the Batman voice, it was the... Oh, that was the guy with Gisborne voice, sorry. Right. Yeah, the... I always forget his first name. The... The Michael Wincott. Yeah. Michael Wincott. Mm -hmm. His his voice was even, like, grittier and raspier in in, um, Robin Hood. Like, it was just sort of... It was just sort of deep and foreboding in this movie. Like, I could understand well, what I think said. he was trying to be cheery in this movie, because he's, he's, he's the happy sort of confident boss yeah. guys. 
this guy at Gisborne, he was sort of submissive and angry. So his voice dropped another 12 octaves. He was Rumbled through the earth around him instead of coming from his human form, which is actually just a, a uh, one of the, the many facets of the being that is Michael Inca. He did just brown out his way through Robin Hood whenever he talks. <laughs> <laughs> I love <laughs> There's a sword fight between guy who has a normal ass sword uh, and then the crow who tears a weather vane off the, the roof of the church and suddenly turns into his sweet like gothic rawhide sword. They fight back and forth a little bit, but a guy who actually has swords wins, because of course he does. He impales the crow, but, but, this is the thing we knew he could do. Dumps all of Shelly's pain into him, which he got from experiencing what it's like to watch Shelly be in all that pain from Officer Winston, who was not himself in that pain. So I'm not quite sure how that transfer works. But it does. I... Mm, maybe it was the, the... The perceived pain that Officer Winston had... Uh, had experienced when he sat next to Shelly as she was dying. And so he transferred the the perceived pain that Officer Winston took into into real pain that he carried with him and then he decided to transfer that real pain into additional pain into Michael Wincott and that caused him to... Well, I wonder if it's... Yeah. If it's, like, communicable by, like, a touch vector. Because, like, if Winston held Shelly's hand while she was dying, mm. and he got all her pain, but he didn't know because he doesn't have crow power, so he can't feel it. But then... Crow gets all of that from him and draws it out when he touches Winston and puts it 
puts it into Top Dollar by touching him. And then, and then everything, everyone Shelly ever touched. So he's also got his own pain because Shelly used to touch him. So she, he's got, through her, he can double up his own sad. And then you get like a recursive kind of sad goth boy guitarist and you get the kind of the feedback loop of pain I forgot he smashed his guitar when he was done jamming out that was oh, yeah. Yeah. 
saying? He, he, he dumps Sarah with dying cop. He's like, I don't have time for this shit. Take care of the kid. <laughs> and then goes and falls asleep on the graveyard because he's tired. Because it's like, that'll happen. Maybe I'll just die now. It's been a long day for him. Yeah. But then this time it actually seems to work. Because this is what I can't do is his ex-girlfriend comes up being all angely. And, and then fades out. And then Detective Douchebag is mad at, at at Officer Wilson Winston <laughs> mixing up her opponent's name. Wilcott Wincott Winston Wilson Shelley <laughs> walks up all angelly and then fades to white and then the grave is restored and Bird gives the ring back to Sarah the kid and she talks about how love is forever which is I guess the lesson she learned from that whole experience or maybe she's talking about Brandon Lee and how much we miss him because he died I can't tell it's a little weird at the end because she didn't seem like a wise character before <laughs> that, but I'll give it to him, whatever. It's kind of sweet. And that was The Crow 1, no subtitle. Yep. Did you like this movie? So... Full disclosure, I watched this movie when I was not in a very good um, state of mind, so I didn't know. Drunk? Um, Drunk, yeah. Well, I mean... Hi. I, I mean, why not both? Fizzing one of your brothels. I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go with depressed instead. Okay. So um so I I didn't like this movie then, but I think watching it again I probably would. I think my you heard just this last week when you watched it or the first time? No, this past week when I watched it. Okay. But I think if I watched it again in a better frame of mind, I would enjoy it more. Because I think when I, after I watched it the first time, all I was thinking was, that 
it felt like the movie didn't age very well, but really there's no reason that it Oh, it's 90s. Oh yeah, no, it is, it is, it is a, it is a time capsule of the mid-90s, especially of the, the mid-90s anti-hero craze, you know, and you had the Punisher, and you had Spawn, and you had Blade, and you had all these other superheroes that were just like, yeah, the grim, dark, shadow, fall, dark, shadow, grim, fall, blood, lust, evil, stab, whatever, I don't know. And the soundtrack. Oh my god. It also said something I should get ridiculous. But I think I would probably enjoy it if I watched it in a better frame of mind. Because, I mean, it's there's yeah there is plenty wrong with the film but I think I I feel like I focused too much on the negatives cause I wrote like two pages of, of, of notes on this and uh, I didn't reference them at all so <laughs> Except for except for yeah. the thing about uh, except for the thing about Sting copying the the Krogan, it's <laughs> the only thing that I wrote down that I actually bothered to reference. Oh, and the thing about the um, about him getting his initial flashbacks back from the cat but that may or may not be intentional. So, because you don't think they're interesting or because you... I think just because I was I was focusing too much on the negatives in the film. And I didn't really write very good notes either. So I'm I'm glad you took the lead in describing what happened in this in the movie because I did not write that shit down at all. So thank you for doing that. But I do think that if I watched it again, uh, I would probably enjoy it a fair bit more than I did this time because I think it just it, it wasn't a good day when I decided to watch the film so I think if I watched it not during that day I think things would be a bit better but it definitely has a lot of positives about it. I mean, 
a lot of the visual style is really striking. It's very good. The a lot of the characters, while they are just reprehensible, they're enjoyable characters. Like you know the the pawn shop owner, just because John. Polito? Polito? Is that his name? He's... Yeah, he's, he's a delight. And Brandon Lee actually... I think he did a... I think he did a really great job, honestly, looking back on a lot of the things that I didn't really think about. Uh, when I watch the movie, he does do a lot of, but just like you said, his, um, like his movements and his facial expressions and everything, I think he showed a lot of potential as an actor, which unfortunately we never got to see anything afterwards, but... I think it's probably a better movie than I gave it credit for when I watched it. So I'd like to watch it again and just kind of see see it through different eyes, I guess. But, yeah. I mean, so just, like I said, Full disclosure, the one time I did watch it during this past week, I didn't like it, but that was just because I think I was in the wrong frame of mind to watch it. Fair enough. So, so, sort of a didn't enjoy the movie watching experience, but might not have enjoyed any movie at the time. Yeah, exactly. So... I think I think if 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 we had if we had uh, recorded this like the week after, if I had watched it a second time, I probably would have changed my mind. But for now, because I haven't seen it the second time, uh, I, I you know. I, I, I can't really, I, I don't want to give a, an opinion on it that much because I, I feel like I don't trust my own opinion of it, of what I just decided on. So, fair enough. What about you? I like it. Uh, I actually like it a lot, but it, it is very much time capsule, and it's very silly. <laughs> but I don't, it's not silly, and I like it the same way as, like, the Phantom is silly, and I like it. Yeah. Like, I think it's actually, like, it's silly and that it's getting a little up its own ass and celebrating the sort of genre camp that it's going for, which is 
less pulpy and more uh, horror movie slasher motif and a kind grim dark 90s superhero thing. Less more gritty. Yeah. More, more grit, more dark, yeah. more shadow dark. But it, it actually does those things it does really well. And as a time capsule, I think it's really enjoyable. And a lot of the sort of sloppy editing stuff uh, is because they lost their main actor. That's super phenomenal. Yeah. Like, like, choppy cuts, but they couldn't do reshoots, they couldn't finish all their scripts, so fair enough, shop, uh, choppy cuts, like, work yeah. I, I would give it a strong recommend, even, because even the things that are really dumb about it are pretty great. <laughs> In my opinion, and it's, you know, it's, it's 25 years old, so of course it doesn't feel modern, <laughs> but it's, it, it's, it's really something, and it's, you can see how a lot of modern movies owe a lot to it, whether they did it better than the first try or not. The Matrix also jumped to mind as something that stole a lot of its aesthetic. Yeah. I shouldn't say stole. It was inspired by, I think, in a couple Mm -hmm. of ways. Instinct, the Joker, and most sort of and, and Blade, and whoever else. I don't know. And Spawn, especially. Spawn is just this movie done worse. <laughs> It's it's good. I liked it a lot. I recommend it. I do not think it's gonna be for everyone. <laughs> it is. But it is very violent. It is very vulgar. There's a lot of talk about child molestation and rape in it, so if that's anything that bothers you, maybe skip it. But it's not, I mean, it's it's not like the main focus of the film, but there's a lot of talk about that sort of thing in the first act, I think. It kind of... Yeah, and... Yeah. It, it has no gravitas at any point 
which makes some of the talk kind of awkward. Like, it's it's the lack of gravitas or frank way people just sort of show up and start talking about life and death and undeath. And there's a kid character, she just is okay with things like... It's part of what makes it charming, but it's also part of what makes it an inappropriate vehicle to discuss drug addiction or rape Mm -hmm. in, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so I agree, but I like it a lot. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I liked it when I watched it however long ago, ten or so years ago. And again, I think I would like it more if I watched it when I was in a better frame of mind to watch any movie. So, I think I would like it more if I watched it again. Cool, so I'll I'll call that a a, a conditional recommend. definitely. Um, and you know, it's, it's minor complaints aside, it's, it's, uh, I have a good time and I, I can't oversell the, well, a couple things, the, the, the look, just general cinematography and costuming and set dressing and all that together. Um, whether or not you like the aesthetic it's going for, it is consistent and very well accomplished. And the pacing is just really good. Like, I, I can sit down and watch this movie. It feels like watching an episode of TV as opposed to... Uh, more than an hour and a half movie. Yeah. Like, it just, it picks up speed and it goes along and there's predictable payoff and it's, it's... Yeah. You know, Citizen Candy, it's, <laughs> it's good. It's Yeah, solid. I think that... That was that was sort of a complaint that I had, like a minor complaint that I had, or sort of my my sort of when I was in my my not great mindset for this was to me the the thing was that the pacing almost felt a little bit too fast, like they could have slowed down and maybe made the movie an extra 15-20 minutes longer and it would have been a little bit like he could have had a little bit more breathing room but honestly looking back on it I don't think it needed the breathing room like it's the pacing was really a lot better than a lot of other action films from the 90s. Like, it just... 
it go, it starts, and then it keeps going, and then it doesn't really stop until the movie's over. So you don't feel like there's any sort of, there's no spot where it just sort of lags or crawls. It just sort of keeps going until the movie's done. And I actually like that about the film. It doesn't, it doesn't get to a point where I'm like, oh God, when is this movie going to be over? It was just sort of like, okay, we're just going to keep going on this ride until it's over. So I appreciate that about the film. Yeah, definitely. And I also feel like they could have slowed down, given it more breathing room, but that also would have made some of the themes a lot heavier than they wound up mm-hmm. being. Because, like, it doesn't give you any time to wallow in what it's actually about, which is... It sounds like a weird choice, but I think really is a strength yeah given the source material and given the uh, the themes in it that cause this could be a real bummer of a movie and for some reason it's not you know yeah like if they focused on the drug addiction and rape and child molestation and all that sort of horrible things and incest if they took a couple extra minutes to focus on each of those things then that's gonna bring the movie down which I don't think is the point of the movie yeah also just sort of the the Potential existential character for a main or existential uh, dread of a main character who knows he doesn't have a future. Like, there's no victory condition for him. He just wants to do this one thing, which could be a really heavy theme and a really depressing theme. So don't touch it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like that's just <laughs> like no. What if it's rad instead? Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> I appreciate that. It's the uh, the script writing equivalent of clapping your hands over ears and going la 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 la. I can't hear you. Yeah, it's like, we're having yeah. fun here. Don't... We're having fun. He's gonna die tomorrow and everyone knows. So we're yeah. having fun. Exactly. Yeah. Well, alright. I like it. I, I, I hope you have a chance to watch it again soon when you're in a better yeah. mood. And I hope that you, our listeners, will start the letter-writing campaign to whatever bodies necessary 
to help me make my my sequel, The Crow 4, Shadow Dark. Which I think we've pretty much already. We have a whole spec script just in the in the body of this podcast. So that's You'll good. Like it. <laughs> <laughs> we just need to get it transcribed on paper. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who has the the copyright. I assume it's the original comic writer, but it might be one of the studios or something. You know, if you want to recreationally just drop all that for me. <laughs> That'd be cool. So <laughs> Jack Dodds are all Corbin. Okay. 
experience. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mia Kirshner as I'm get. Oh, oh, that's Sarah. So she's back as a character. But played by a different Whoa. person. Uh, oh. Then it's Rochelle Davis played Sarah in this one. I think she only did like two or three other films. Yeah, I actually looked her up. She didn't do another film for like 15 years. It was... It, it must have been pretty yeah. tough because like she probably made friends with with Grant oh, Lee and then dies at mm. work in this field she's chosen. But yeah, like on, on IMDb she doesn't even have a picture of so I don't think she's been yeah. too much. Let's see, uh, City of Angels also has Richard Brooks as a character named Judah Earl. Uh, and then Twee Trang, who was the original Yellow Ranger and the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Uh, and Iggy Pop, who I think I read that the, the, the filmmakers of the original of the first movie wanted to get him to play Fun Boy originally but there was like scheduling conflicts so he plays a character named Curve in City of Angels uh Thomas Jean is in this movie uh, Vincent Castellanos Erica Costa Beverly Mitchell, Ian Dury. Name sounds vaguely familiar. The the Deftones are in the Crow City of Angels as themselves. Okay. So wait, how many are there? We've got the Crow Salvation, I forgot about. So Crow Steep Angels, Crow Salvation, Crow Wicked Prayer. Damn, they already made Crow Shit. 4. So we added Crow 5 then? I know I looked at these at the sequels because I was really curious about how many of the other ones there were. Oh yeah, there's a wicked... Okay, so Salvation was the third one. Oh, and? Once in development. Wow. Okay, Crow 6 then. Okay, let's see, so... Or... Yeah? I know nothing about the new Crow and Development. That seems like something we should talk about, but just don't learn about it. Let's see. Crow Salvation has Eric Mabius as Alex Corvus. 
Uh, oh, there's Kirsten Dunst. Uh, dude, this is gonna be released in October oh, this shit. year. Really? How the how the fuck? Whoa. Yeah, this this is Axel. This is like Hellboy. This is Axel huh. timely. Holy Whoa. shit. And Jason Momoa is in it. God damn it. Oh my god. Good. What? Is he, is he going to play the title character? He <laughs> I mean, it'd be surprised. It doesn't say, but what are you gonna, what are you gonna do with Jason Momoa? It's like, we're making a crow movie. Do you want to be thug number two? Like, motherfuckers, Aquaman killed Rogo. Of course he's the crow. You don't even have to. I'm not even looking that up. Dumb question. <laughs> Fair point. Um, oh wait, no. Except here's a an article about Jason Momoa apologizing for bailing on the Crow remake. All right, it sucks Shit. again. I'm making and losing opinions so quickly here. So okay. Uh, Okay, well, I, I can't research this in real time on the podcast, but what, what I, but it turns out, you know, if they're making The Crow and Jason Momoa drop down, uh-huh. now's the perfect time to yeah. flow my name. We gotta do this. Maybe if the script isn't done, I can do some rewrites. Like, okay, but this whole third act, what if instead of this, he's just weeping in the corner? <laughs> he just kind of... <laughs> okay, um... I can do that. I'll do it right now. I can do it on Okay, I, I have to read this because I'm looking at the the Crow sequels. Um, and so the Crow Wicked Prayer, which is the, the fourth Crow movie. So that one has Edward Furlong as Jimmy Cuervo, who's the Crow. Jimmy yeah, Cuervo. and then um, there's David Boreanaz as Luke, uh, nicknamed Death. Uh, then his last name is Crash, so Luke Crash slash Lucifer, an escaped convict who is a Satanist. Which I would actually kind of really like to see now. Dog, there was also a TV show. (laughs) We've got The Crow, 1994. The Crow, City of Angels, 1996. The Crow, Stairway to Heaven on television. 1998 through 1999, The Crow Salvation, 2000, The Crow Wicked Prayer, 2005. I've seen like 20% of this property. Um, 
the Kerouacan Prayer also has Tara Reed as I'm assuming the love interest um has has fucking has fucking Ortiz as someone yes yes Dennis Hopper yes as El Nino a satanic preacher who heads the order of death. God, how have I not? <laughs> and, okay, and, 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 and Danny Trejo as Harold. Well, listen, Danny Trejo, I'm pretty sure Danny Trejo's in this movie somewhere. Yeah, that's fair. see him, because he's that's in every fair. movie. But still, what I, okay, I really would like to see the Crow Wicked Prayer now, just because, what the fuck? <laughs> David Boreanaz... I'm gonna Dennis watch Hopper. Oh, sorry. Uh, fucking Tito Ortiz, Danny Trejo. That, yeah. I'm very curious about this one now. Well, I want to download. Oh, or find. Probably download all 22 episodes of The Crow's Stairway to Heaven, which just learned is a Canadian supernatural mm. drama series and stars Mike DeCascos, who I remember from some other things mm. he's been in, but I don't remember which one. Okay. There's another reason I'd like to see the Crow Wicked Prayer. Its reception list says on Rotten Tomatoes, this film has an has an approval rating of zero percent. It is only based on six reviews, but still, zero percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, listen, the guy who plays the Chrome yeah. TV show is the guy from Brotherhood of the Wolf. Remember uh, that one? Oh, yes. Okay. This might be... Okay, so listen, I want to apologize for the audience. I thought I knew the crooks have seen this movie three or four times. There's four fucking movies and then 22 episodes of the TV series, so I gotta do some research and get mm -hmm. back to you. Because... I wonder if I can... Find. What if I can take the entire show with me on like a hard drive to Europe or something? 
also be that weird guy, like day two or three, starts wearing like <laughs> corpse makeup. <laughs> That one guy from America who loves the crow. (laughs) (laughs) I know I saw the second movie. Because I know I did. Because I remember thinking that this movie took place on the Day of the Dead. But it was the second movie. So, I know I've seen City of Angels. Is that Salvation or City of Angels? I haven't seen the other one. That I know of. Well, shoot. Okay, so I really, I probably should have done this research before the episode (laughs) step afterwards. But yeah, this, this, also the TV show is a remake of the same story because the main character is Eric Draven and it's Ooh. got Top Dollar and Darla and Tintin and Funboy in it. Interesting. Interesting. Huh. Well, okay, so I've got a lot of hard work to do but hard work I mean sitting on my ass watching a bunch of the crow stuff (laughs) while I should be doing real work so I'm looking forward to this and thank you for turning me on to this because I didn't know but as of right now, he said, don't know when this episode's going up, so I apologize for lying to everyone listening. But The Crow is back on Netflix. I don't know for how long. And if you have that service, you should check it out. I don't know if it's on Amazon Prime Streaming or Hulu or the other ones. Uh, because I try to only have one active at a time because I'm four. But you should check it out. I like it. I can't speak to the other 95% of the franchise. But, uh, recommend it even though my opinion of it was was soured because of my own um, mental faculties but go check it out yeah Well, I don't know what we're going to watch next. I'm going to be watching The Crow for a solid <laughs> month. But, um... Yeah, maybe, maybe Hunter or Spawn or something. 
to you by our patrons over at patreon.com slash matinee If you'd like to support the show, consider becoming a patron. Donations start at just $1 a month, and half of all proceeds after hosting costs will go towards actual manatee habitat preservation. You can listen to Matinee Manatees on iTunes, the Stitcher app, and YouTube. Our music was composed by Kevin McLeod. You can find this track and much more on his website, incompetech.com. <laughs> <laughs>